We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It's January 10th. It is 2024. We have an eight-game NBA slate to talk about here on today's podcast. Looks like we're getting rid of the late games. It seems to be the, the common theme and trend here, so not going to see the, the two 10 o'clock games on the slate for DraftKings. Joined today by my good buddy, Kyle Murray. Not Kyler Murray. Arizona's out now, so you don't have to worry about people <laughs> tweeting you. Uh, Kyle, what's happening, my friend? Yeah, not much. You know, uh, yeah, no, no Kyler Murray tweets coming my way now that uh, the playoffs are underway. But uh, it's been a common theme for him. But yeah, looking forward to the NFL playoffs. But yeah, also looking forward to this uh, this NBA side. I think we have like a random two o'clock game on Thursday or something too. So the scheduling has just been really weird with the NBA and then with DraftKings, you know, getting rid of the late game. So yeah, it's been it's been weird, but. Uh, you know, we still have, and I think it's eight game slate, so not the worst thing. Yeah, I, I mean, eight. I I I, I kind of prefer the eight game slate over like yeah. a ten or twelve game slate. So I do think like there's always edge though, and like when you're behind, like your players don't do well at like eight o'clock or seven o'clock, and like you have 
some pivots you can make late in the game. Um, so, I mean, I hate it for like the aspect of like edge purposes, but like content purposes, um, it does not hurt my feelings. Uh, I'm not even going to sit here and say that it doesn't. So uh, FanDuel has followed suit. So they only have an eight game slate. So we're going to break down these eight games and um, see what happens. Let's have some fun. We start here with Minnesota at Boston. 224 total in this game. Celtics, a 224 favorite. Minnesota, second end of a back-to-back. They beat up on my Magic on Tuesday night. On the Boston side, Drew Holiday is questionable. Al Horford is questionable. And Porzingis is questionable. Let's start with Minnesota. What do we like here for the Timberwolves? Yeah, um, like you said, coming off a... They'll be playing on the second half of a back-to-back there, but they didn't really play a ton. Uh, It was kind of a blowout pretty early, so I'm not overly concerned with them necessarily being limited a whole lot uh cat had the big game there um and he looked really good and i, I don't mind going back to him here but just because the price is fine at seven nine but i would say you know this is a game that uh it's definitely going to be a like a defensive kind of slug fest right here with you know two of probably top four or five defenses in the nba uh, i think minnesota's number one in defensive efficiency i think last i checked boston was four or five so two really good defensive teams um and then for Minnesota, you know, you have Anthony Edwards up top, Cat up top. Those are the two guys that you can always sort of look at. Uh, and you can even mix in Gobert in that in that realm as well. But I honestly don't think it's going to be a spot where I get to them a whole lot here uh, just because of the tough matchup. And I, I do think this game could potentially be really – it could be a really competitive one, which you can always sort of see elevated play in those sorts of games. But I do think it's going to be more of a defensive game than anything else here. So I'll, I'll probably stay away from the studs and look at other games. Um, so not a ton of – interest other than maybe cat because i do think that the the price under 8k is still really appealing for him we should note that anthony edwards left the game for a little while against the magic he ended up coming back um just not a anthony edwards type of game just in general like you said cat had a big game against my magic and anthony edwards just didn't get it going um and i he honestly really didn't need to get it going you know rudy gobert had a really solid game mike conley was playing well Jaden mcdaniels played well so we'll see i mean if anthony edwards were to sit in this game i think that's a huge bump to carl anthony towns um he has a huge usage bump when edwards is off the floor and honestly if edwards ends up sitting here like some of these minnesota guys are underpriced for edwards being out um, so watch this news throughout the day. Let's go to the Boston side of this game. A few question marks here. Obviously, Porzingis, Drew, Horford. I think Porzingis would matter the most. I think Drew potentially sitting, maybe like Pritchard would get extra minutes in that scenario. Uh, what do we like here for the Celtics? Yeah, similar to kind of what I said about Minnesota, where the, you have a few studs up top. Uh, obviously, Boston, we've been dealing with that all year. They've They've kind of been rotating guys out more kind of giving guys days off it seems like recently but i don't think this is going to be a game where they do that unless these guys are actually uh you know bank too banged up to play uh just because you know the 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 matchup being it's a really good team in minnesota and really tough matchup minnesota's been you know just really good across the board uh defensively they've been also really good against uh, outside shooting which I, i think could potentially just sort of clog this offense down a little bit um so obviously tatum is always fine to roster at 10 3 the price is up there a little bit but he's still the one with with the ceiling uh that you'd like to chase here um you know and again comes down to just looking for an elite player to just beat a tough matchup so um out of these studs it would probably be tatum for me just because i don't think i would want to necessarily chase these guys who i don't really think are all that you know 
impressively priced where it's, you know, I don't think that they're, you know, undervalued by any means. Um, maybe Jalen Brown on a good night, eight five could be really cheap, but I, I don't think I'm like, you know, overly dying to to play any of these guys at the current price. So I think if I'm looking to chase the ceiling from one of these studs, it would be the Tatum uh, salary there. But again, I do think that there's going to be other guys throughout the slate. There's a couple of really big games uh, with high totals that I'll definitely prefer. So this game's probably not going to be one that I have a ton of interest in. Yeah, I mean, the next game that we're going to talk about is Washington, Washington, Indiana. Like yeah. that, that total is two fifty one. So big total in that game, but. I mean, for me on Boston, let's wait and see what the Drew and Porzingis news looks like. Um, if everyone's healthy, I probably stay away just in general here. You know, it is an eight-game slate, so we have a deeper slate than what we talked about yesterday on the five-game slate. And honestly, just not a ton standing out to me here for Boston if everyone's healthy. Like you said, you could always chase a Tatum ceiling game because he's that guy. But, I mean, <laughs> tough matchup. And Minnesota's on the back-to-back, but like you started it saying, like we have the number one defense in Minnesota and the number two defense in Boston. These two teams are the best defenses in the league right now in the NBA. Yeah. All right, we got Washington at Indiana, two fifty-one and a half total here. Pacers are a seven, yeah, seven and a half point favorite in this one on the Washington side. Everyone's good to go. On the Pacers side, Halliburton's out. And, I mean, that's the biggest news on the slate by far. Everybody else is good. We'll start with the Washington side because that's what we do. Uh, what are our thoughts here on Washington? Yeah, it, it's funny. We go from the matchup with the two best defensive teams to the team with the, the two teams with the worst defenses in, uh, in basketball here. So two teams allowing the most points in the NBA, Washington being last, Pacers being second, uh, second to last. So really good matchups for both sides. Um, for Washington, I think you have a kind of a wide variety of options just because there are some guys who are pretty underpriced. Uh, you know, Jordan Poole, I think, at 5'9". I know he's been really bad all year long. It's been one of those things where if you play him, you probably don't want to watch the game because it's super tilting. <laughs> um, but at 5'9", he has shown at times, you know, the ceiling to, to produce there. I mean, even last game, you know, he took 17 shots. He scored 24 points. He wasn't able to really rack up, you know, many uh, peripheral stats. He had five assists, but no rebounds, no blocks, no steals. That's Typically not going to be something that you expect from most players who you know play good minutes. And they also only played 29 minutes. It was in foul trouble a little bit as well, um, which has been actually pretty common for him this year as well, being in foul trouble, which is not ideal. But um, he still has the upside to go out there and score 30 points, and especially in a game against the Pacers, that's that that odds are odds of that are probably increased a little bit. So um, Jordan Poole, I think, is fine. Uh, Kuzma, I think, is an interesting play here. He's in that same sort of price range as Carl Anthony Towns. I think I would prefer Kuzma actually in this spot. I do think Towns is going to be the guy that's a lot lower owned, but um, Kuzma I think would, could potentially be a little bit popular, but uh, I do think he's a pretty strong play in this spot here. So for Washington, those two guys, and then they can still go back to Gafford as well. I've been playing mid-20, you know, mid-20s to sometimes 30 minutes. He played 31 minutes, a couple games ago there against the Knicks. He had 12 rebounds. He's been you know, rebounding pretty well when he gets the time. Um, and then here against the Pacers could match up for him to potentially get a couple more minutes just needing the, the size there for uh, for them to deal with Miles Turner. So I do think that Gafford's definitely a play. You know, he's uh, just under 6K at 5'8 on DraftKings. So uh, I would say Kuzma, Poole, and Gafford are the guys that I look at. I'm looking at the most here for Washington. Yeah, I think Kuzma is my top target. We've seen these like wing-type big men do really well against the Pacers this season. Yeah. And I think this is a spot Kuzma could really excel I don't mind Denny. I wish he was a little bit cheaper. Tyus Jones, like I wish he was a little bit cheaper. So 
it's probably Kuzma, maybe a little bit of Gafford, maybe a little bit of Jordan Poole, but it's definitely a Kuzma type of spot for me on the Washington side. Then going to the Pacers side, we know how bad Washington is defensively. We take off the best player on the team with Halliburton out here. And when we take him off, you know, for court IQ, TJ McConnell gets the biggest bump. He's averaging 1.38 fantasy points per minute. Kudos to DraftKings pricing him up, but I don't think they priced him up enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, McConnell's always been a guy who is has been productive whenever he gets the time, right? And then obviously, you know, you also think that a lot of times when he's getting the run, it's with, you know, a lot of star players not on the floor. So it makes sense to see, you know, the 1.38 fantasy point per minute, like you mentioned, 48% assist rate, which that's the big thing, in my opinion, just because of the fact mm-hmm. that Halliburton being out, that's going to be something that is so vacated. So McConnell can easily slide into that role as the facilitator. Um, it's probably not going to be dropping, you know, having those 20 assist games that we saw from Halliburton several times this year, but he can definitely uh, facilitate and dish it around. So uh, McConnell and uh, Nemhart, I think, are going to be pretty interesting fill-in options there. I'm curious to see what their starting lineup looks like. Um, obviously, they haven't had to do that yet this year, so they have a couple of different options. I would assume either going with McConnell or Nemhart is probably going to be the way that they're going to do it. Um, I don't think that they start both of those guys side-by-side uh, side just because they have some wings that they uh, could definitely utilize there. And, you know, Neesmith's been playing a lot, Bruce Brown, Heald, Matherin. So don't think we see – both of those guards start, so it could be a spot where the guy coming off the bench could potentially be a little bit more, uh, you know, unowned or I guess lower owned. I think if McC- I think likely McConnell comes off the bench, and I don't think he's going to be low. And I think people are going to flock to him regardless, just because of who he is. And he, I think he has a, believe it or not, TJ McConnell has name recognition in the DFS streets. So <laughs> yeah. um, McConnell and Nemhart, I think, are really strong plays. But Mat- Matherin as well, I think, is pretty interesting, just because he's been a guy this year who. He hasn't been really tasked with a ton of minutes. Like last year, he was he played a good amount last year. He had several games, you know, several you know stints where he was playing, you know, those those 35, 36 minute rotations. They haven't really needed him as much this year at times, but I do think this is a spot where they might need his scoring a little bit more. So maybe he sees some more run. And obviously, naturally with Halliburton out, that opportunity is there. So Matherin's a guy that I like a lot. And I, I'm curious to see obviously where the ownership comes in. Um, but he's a guy that I have some interest in there. And then kind of unrelated to the Halliburton news, but Jalen Smith, he's been quietly racking up, you know, solid minutes, 26 plus minutes in back-to-back games. We know that he's a good permanent producer. He actually just had 29 DK points against Boston and now gets a really strong matchup here against Washington. So Smith's a guy that I have some interest in as well. Um, so I think, that, you know, those three guards, um, Matherin, McConnell, and Nemhard, and then Jalen Smith are probably going to be my favorite options, but uh, Turner's definitely in play as well at six eight. Uh, he doesn't, you know, necessarily see the biggest boost with um, with Halliburton off the floor, but you know, he sh- you should still expect a few more shots there for him. Uh, so yeah, I think the Pacers all around have handful of handful of good options, but the value wings and guards make a lot of sense here. Yeah, so I mean, you you pretty much touched on everything that I wanted to touch on. I think I honestly I think Numhard and Neesmith, Brown, Smith, and Turner start. And I think McConnell comes off the bench with Matherin. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I think I hope people overlook TJ McConnell because, like, it's a yuck price, right? Like, 6700 for TJ McConnell when we're used to paying 4500 for a guy. Maybe keeps his ownership down a little bit, but I highly doubt it. Everyone can kind of look up and see who's benefiting with Halliburton off the floor, and it's TJ McConnell. I do want to look at his point and assist um, props once they start getting posted. I know they have a lot of Pacers props posted, 
but they don't have anything for McConnell yet. So I'm hoping we get that. Um, I, Cause I, I want to be on that. I, I think that that's a really good line to jump on. All right. Sacramento at Charlotte, two thirty four and a half total here. Kings six point favorite Kings second end of a back-to-back. They got down really fast in that Detroit game, ended up coming back and kind of blowing Detroit out um, towards the end of that game. Um, no injury report for them, obviously, on a back-to-back. And then on the Hornets side, Gordon Hayward's still out. Cody Martin is questionable. P.J. Washington is doubtful. Mark Williams is still out. Let's start with Sacramento. We saw Sabonis have a monster game. We talked about it on the podcast yesterday. Detroit's bad against centers. Well, so is Charlotte. Do we go back to Sabonis in this spot, getting a fantastic matchup here against Charlotte? Yeah, I think you know, he's in a, another really good spot here. Um, obviously, just absolutely went off against the Pistons for that 37-point triple-double. Pistons were up by like 20 points with like 10 minutes left in the second quarter, and then I think maybe even less. I think it was probably like seven or eight minutes. And then by halftime, they were down by five. So I don't know what happened there. I looked away for like five minutes, and I was like, okay, they blew that lead very quickly. Um, so that was impressive. But that I guess that's just Pistons basketball right there these days. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Sabonis I think makes a lot of sense. I do think, though, you know, on the, the second half of back-to-back coming off a big game with Sabonis. I think he'll be pretty popular, but I think that De'Aaron Fox will be probably pretty contrarian, obviously taking just a guess, uh, you know, first instinct there. We'll see the ownership when it rolls out tomorrow. But um, if Fox is going to be low-owned, he's a guy that I like here as well. He had kind of struggled um, last night, and he was pretty popular. So uh, I do think that he's going to be a guy, who, if he's low-owned, jumping on Fox can make some sense. Keegan Murray also had a big game there. Um, you know, he shot the ball really well, scored 32 points, probably not expecting that from him as well as the 17 shot attempts, definitely not expecting that, but he is still a guy who can make some sense here uh, at that price. So, um, I, I think he's in play and then Kevin Herter got back in the starting lineup, uh, didn't really do a whole lot with it, but he was, I mean, 27 DK points. That's more than serviceable in the 24 minutes. Uh, what it was, I think it was 24 DK points actually, but, um, yeah, Kevin Herter, he was fine in, in the time that he got, but um, played 29 minutes there, 22 DK points, sorry. So, um, yeah, well, no, nothing spectacular on a permanent basis, but getting back in the starting lineup uh, is something that is worth mentioning for him, who's obviously his price has sort of come down. He's been really bad this year, but if he's going to get back to that 29, 30-minute rotation, uh, nice value play there. Also, potentially leads to more Malik, more Malik Monk um, usage off the bench, you know, with Herder starting. So, yeah. Don't I wouldn't be afraid to like go to Malik Monk in large field tournament stuff here, you know, even if he does end up not starting in this game. So, uh, you know, he ended up, I think, with like 40 plus fantasy points in 28 minutes. And I think 28 to 32 minutes is going to be the norm for him if they're going to give Kevin Herter. Does Malik Monk close that game in a close game? We don't know, but we would assume that Malik Monk would be out there to close the game with his scoring. So I think you look at that. Keegan Murray is someone like we, we saw it again. Like he's going to have these nights where he's just going to shoot lights out. Like he shot 13 for 17 and I think he had five threes or something like that. So he's going to have these nights where he just shoots lights out, hate shooters on back-to-backs, but Charlotte's awful defensively. So Sabonis, Fox, Monk, Murray, I mean, Herder, that's what I'm looking at here. And I think we've got to continue to watch these like Trey Lyles minutes. Um, if he's going to continue to get like, 28 plus minutes a night he's under 4k and it's an eight game slate i think we you know have to at least consider taking some shots on him at that price charlotte side of this game i mean i think in large field tournaments rogier and bridges are both very playable 
you know, they're both under 9K. They both are capable of putting up 50-plus fantasy point games. So I think both of those guys are fine. And I mean, just Nick Richards' size is going to be needed in this game. He's going to play minutes, but I mean, now he's up to 5,900. He's not a huge fantasy point per minute guy. So if he's going to be low owned, I think he's a good option. If Nick Richards is going to be chalky, you know, 15, 20 plus percent, he's probably someone I'll stay away from. Uh, what do you like here for Charlotte? Yeah, I do think uh, Richards makes some sense. Obviously, he's been, you know, seeing pretty sizable minutes there with Williams out. But in addition to PJ Washington, who joined him out last game, and he's doubtful again for this one, uh, he's probably going to be, you know, be, you know, pace it in there for 30 to 32 minutes, I would say, on a regular line. Obviously, you have to worry about the foul trouble there dealing with Sabonis, but um, he played 38 minutes in the overtime game, so 33 minutes in regulation for Richards there. So, uh, yeah, if you get that from him, that's not terrible at 5'9". Brendan Miller is a guy I don't mind here. He's sort of cooled off a little bit. He was he went through that stretch where he was you know really hot and he was scoring a lot. Um, the minutes have sort of come down a little bit as well. He's sort of capped out, it seems, at like 32 or 33 minutes as of late when a little bit sort of, I think, you know, early, middle of December, he was playing upwards of 35, 36 minutes some nights. Um, so, he's, you know, still has come down a little bit, consistency down a little bit, but he's still a guy that I do have some interest in. I think Rozier and Bridges are just a little bit too expensive. Like, it is a good matchup, and they have been really consistent, especially Bridges, um, but they just haven't, like – Rozier's the, the one with the, the ceiling that has been shown as of late. He has, I think, uh, three 50 DK games in his last four matchups there. So Rozier would be the guy I would prefer between him and Bridges. But I just think at this at this price, I, I, there are a couple other options that I like. But uh, I would give the slight edge to Rozier for Bridges there. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I have more interest. And it's the same thing we talked about yesterday with Jaden Ivey. Like, point guards against... Sacramento has been a thing this year and it's like a quietly good thing. And I mean, I don't think Rozier is going to be chalky, but I don't think he's going to be low owned either. So I think it's a good spot to jump on, on Terry Rozier. And he's someone that I'll also be looking at like his point prop in this spot. Uh, it's not out yet because Sacramento's on a double, like a back-to-back, but Rozier's point prop, I think is one we want to look at. He's just been scoring and like, he his usage is just through the roof right now. Um, it's hard to overlook how good Rogier has been. Oh, the game! This is the game, right? San Antonio at Detroit, uh, battle of the five and three win teams. Two thirty nine and a half total. Spurs a three and a half point favorite. Uh, Detroit's on the second end of a back to back year. We won't get an injury report from them until about one thirty tomorrow. Bassey, Zach Collins out for San Antonio. We'll start with San Antonio here. Um, I mean, Wimby will crush in this spot, but does he do it enough in 25 minutes? I, I mean, the Spurs seem very, very okay with giving him 25 minutes a night. We should mention Trey Jones has started the last couple games, and he has played 34 and 35 minutes. Uh, really nice bump for him, but like his price has come up. Uh, what do you like here for San Antonio? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, Jones definitely stands out 5'8". I feel like there's been handful of guys now in that sort of five five to like six five range that that doesn't hurt my feelings kyle yeah i mean it's you know (laughs) it's right there in that um that sweet spot from a value spot so uh, i think there's that could potentially be a spot where there's some chalky guys there because i think construction will sort of just build that way but um i do think from a a value perspective you're gonna have so many that there might be a couple that are under owned there and he's definitely one of them uh Bogdanovich there just above that range same with Jaden Ivey so both of those guys I think you know Bogdanovich had the big game last night he got off to just really hot uh, hot start scoring but I know just another couple guys in that range but Jones definitely stands out there at 5-8 Wemby to, to your point I mean the price is at a point where you can still play him here but you do have to he's had back-to-back games with 50 plus DK points but that it's it's just tough to ask for a guy to continue to go out there and put up two fantasy point per minute performances like it's he definitely could again here against Detroit, but it's just a tough ask. Like, you know, it's it's definitely something that's difficult. And, you know, you're still just kind of waiting for him to get more minutes there. But, um, you know, definitely in play just because of the matchup and just because of how good he's been. Uh, and that's probably the two guys that I'm looking at the most there for San Antonio uh, with Jones and Wemby. But if you wanted to take tournament stabs on guys like Vassell and Kelton Johnson, I, I prefer Vassell slightly over Johnson just because I think he's the better scorer. And I think that's probably a matchup here against Detroit that – kind of uh, works better for a guy who has the upside to go out there and get, you know, 30 plus uh, real points there. So Vassell, I think is somewhat interesting there at seven, three as well. So um, Jones, Wemby and Vassell are probably my favorites there uh, with Keldon Johnson being in play in, in tournaments. And then, you know, Jeremy Sohan as well. I, I guess you could say he's in play. Um, he's been very inconsistent with not only with his play, but with his minutes. So uh, definitely just a tournament play, but uh, I think the matchup is just so good that he kind of comes into consideration there. Would you, I think I'd limit playing Sohan and Jones like on separate teams. I don't know if I'd play them on the same team. I think I want one of those two guys to have like the ceiling game, like the big assists, get some extra rebounds, score some point type of games. Um, I don't know how your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I would agree. And I would also probably put Vassell and Kelvin Johnson in that same sort of world there just because, you know, they're the same price. So you're probably not, you know, looking to play two guys in the same price there and similar position as well. Um, but also I think that their ceilings, like if one of them goes off, I think the other one's probably going to be hurt a little bit. And especially if you're also have one in your player pool. So yeah, I think you can make both of those rules on San Antonio. Wimby's like one of those guys where like, even at 25 minutes, even at 8,900, like you have to almost have them in your player pool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a uh, beast. I mean, this is a, this is definitely one of those spots where, He's going to get some blocks and steals, um, you know, especially with Cade Cunningham out. So let's go to, to Detroit. They did tell us that the knee strain for Cade Cunningham is going to get him um, seven to 10 days here. So he's going to be out for this game as well. We saw Jaden Ivey, you know, just kind of do his thing. We talked about him a lot on the podcast yesterday. He had a great game. 
Um, we, man, I, I knew Killian Hayes was a like a trap play, and like he he scored eighteen and a half, but like I just don't think that Jaden Ivy and Bogdanovich are gonna have bad games unless Hayden Hayes, like Killian Hayes, has a big game. So I think going into this game, it's going back to Bojan, it's going back to Ivy. Duran, if that game stays close, Duran, like he probably gets there. He got in a little bit of foul trouble too. Like if you get 28 to 30 minutes for Duran in this spot, he probably has a really solid game. Um, I mean, we saw Alec Burks get on the scoring train. What are your thoughts here on Detroit? Yeah, a lot to like. Um, Jaden Ivey came out and had a 31% usage rate last game. Um, obviously, first game there was Kate out, and he actually had nine. Three pointers only made two of them, so you can also argue that there's maybe a little bit of positive regression there. Looked good in terms of some peripheral stats: five rebounds, six assists for Ivy. So, yeah, Ivy I think makes a lot of sense here. Um, Bogdanovich, twenty-three percent usage rate, going to be a little bit lower because he's more just of a catch and shoot kind of scorer there, not necessarily facilitating as much. But twenty-six points, had fourteen shots, took seven threes. So those two guys are obviously going to be the big scorers. But I mean, quietly, Jalen Duran, he's just been he's honestly been getting the, the most of the kind of the increase there in terms of usage, 29% usage rate. That's a season high for him. 22% last game, obviously Kate, I think played seven or eight minutes, I, I think in that game against Denver. So that usage bump makes sense there with Kate out. He had four assists last game, three assists this game. We know that he's going to produce on the rebounding front, um, 16 plus points in back-to-back games now. So um, 12, 12 field goals or more in back-to-back games as well. So Duran, I mean, He's the guy that I'm really eyeing here. The matchup is, is also good against the Spurs. Against uh, they, they haven't been great against centers this year either. So Duran, Ivy, and Bogdanovich, I think, are the guys I like the most there. Hayes is going to project as a value play just because he's going to play you know 30-plus minutes again, especially if they're going to start Hayes and Ivy there together. But his price is up $1,000 now, 5500 So I don't think you necessarily need to play him here. And a good pivot off of him if he's going to be chalky again it's the guy that you mentioned, Alec Burks, who had a 31% usage rate as well coming off the bench. They only played, uh, I think it was 20 minutes. But again, that, that's kind of a tournament play that you're going to look at where people are afraid of the lack of minutes. But it's a guy coming off the bench, took 11 shots, seven from beyond the arc. So, um, yeah, I think he's also a, a pretty strong tournament play there, uh, especially a pivot off of Hayes if he's popular. I think something that I go overlooked in this game is the amount of rebound opportunities because Detroit – and San Antonio are both bottom four teams in offensive rating. They're they're not great yeah. scoring teams. So there's going to be a lot of rebound opportunities. So um, obviously, because Detroit's on a back-to-back, we won't have props up for them until tomorrow. But I think Duren's rebounding prop comes in at like 10.5. I think that's a strong um, over for me. I think that that's a number I want to jump on. All right, we got Philadelphia at Atlanta. I think this game is all the makings of fireworks 244 and a half total atlanta is a two and a half point favorite in this one um the injury report was not up when i looked earlier all right it's up so philadelphia joel Embiid, and covington are out melton's questionable and then on the atlanta side clint capella is questionable hunter is out and wesley matthews is questionable with trey probable so going to philly here Embiid out, Covington out, Melton questionable. Um, if there was ever a time to play Maxi, um, going up against Atlanta, like, I, I mean, it just, 
I don't want to say it's like a no fail spot, but I mean, this is one of the best ceiling spots Maxi's going to get with no Embiid. Yeah, and honestly, I think you know a lot of people would probably agree that he's been sort of uh, kind of a letdown with Embiid out. I think people have been expecting a lot from him. A lot of underlying numbers look really good for him, but this hasn't really shot the ball well. You know, last two games he's combined two for fifteen from three, so obviously those numbers are going to sort of hurt him there in terms of his production. So. Um, yeah, I think it's a great spot, though. Obviously, you mentioned the total. This should be a pretty good spot from a pace perspective, which I think benefits a guy like Maxi, who's looking to run the floor as much as possible. And you know, his usage rate with Embiid off the floor this year is 32, almost 33%. So the usage has definitely been there, and it's not really a surprise to see. So I think Maxi's a really strong play. Um, I think Tobias Harris has also been a pretty solid play there, and I think he's going to be again here in this spot. Um, last game, kind of obviously want to – in my opinion, just sort of write that off there against the Knicks. Just had a down game, didn't play much, only played 24 minutes. So you kind of just write that one off. And the rest of the time, you know, with uh, and beat off the floor, he's looked really good. I mean, before last game, I think he had six or seven straight games with 13 or more field goal attempts there. So he's been, you know, obviously having a ton of uh, volume there for, for Harris as well. So those two really stand out. Um, and then I'm looking at, you know, Paul Reed and Mo Bamba as well as potential options. Paul Reed's 5'7", so the price is not necessarily down to a point where He's a smash value play, but played 25 minutes, had 16 points there. If you tell me Paul Reed's going to have 16 points, I am assuming he's going to have a really strong game, but he just didn't really produce from a peripheral standpoint. No stocks, only six rebounds. He has, he has more rebounding upside than that, and you're, you're hoping for some stocks, which we've definitely seen more upside of that from him. Um, and then Mo Bamba, he's more of like a, a tournament flyer play, in my opinion, but he's really interesting in tournaments. His usage has been really solid off the bench, second unit type player there. You're only probably going to be looking for 17 or 18 minutes in terms of a projection. But if the game gets weird or if maybe Paul Reed gets in foul trouble and Bomba is able to play 23, 24 minutes, I think he could crush here. So uh, Bomba and Reed, I think, are also in play as tournament options. Obviously, you're not wanting to play those guys together, but um, definitely guys that I have circled here in this one. So I will note that Melton practiced on Monday and Tuesday. So like there is a chance that he comes back here. Um, we'll have to see if there's any like minute restriction limits um, announced or anything like that. Um, if he's going to play full minutes at 6,600 against Atlanta, he's another guy I think we can look at in our player pool here. Um, if he's out, I mean, Ubre even at 6,200 is interesting in an Atlanta matchup. But yeah, Maxi Harris, Ubre. I don't mind Paul Reed. He's just not my favorite. Um, and, like, are we worried, like, if Capella sits in this game, this game goes smaller, especially with him beat out? Like, we could potentially see this game just go smaller overall if Capella sits. Like, maybe, like, a Kongwu plays, like, 25 minutes and, like, Mo, Bamba, and Reed kind of split, like, a 30-minute roll. Um, I, I just – I worry about that. So, I want to – I think if you're playing Reed, you kind of want Capella to be starting and good to go in this game. Um, let's talk about those Hawks. You know, obviously DeJounte is gonna, gosh, he, like, he's now getting to that price where he's so interesting, even with Trey Young probable here. Um, Jalen Johnson's price is caught up to the production. He still has some upside in certain matchups. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Atlanta? Yeah, Jalen Johnson, he's been playing really well. He's been rebounding really well, but the price to your point, is just kind of at a spot where, you know, you, you need a really big game there at that price. It's definitely possible, but I don't know if I'm going to be banking on it uh, repeatedly there for Johnson to go out there and put up 40 DK points. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, 
I think it's just more of a price thing for Johnson. For Murray, to your point, you know, the seven four price tag, it's it's definitely dropping. And um he's he's certainly in play here. You just kind of gotta hope that it's a, a DeJounte Murray game and not a, a Trey Young game there. But um, you know, we have seen at times where the volume is the volume's been there. It's, it's just more so the production and not only from a shooting perspective, but just a, a peripheral standpoint. Like his assists are way down as of late. Uh his rebounding hasn't been He's had some some solid rebounding production, but hasn't been anything overly impressive. But the big thing is he hasn't had a stock in four games. He has one stock over his last five games. So, you know, that's just a lot of production that is very valuable in NBA DFS, and he hasn't had any of it. So uh, that's stuff that he's done in the past, and I don't think it's something that we should be expecting that he's just not doing anymore. So it's probably just a little bit of bad luck right now and variance. So definitely fine with going back to DeJounte Murray here at 7-4. Definitely like that price there. Um, if Capella does sit, I think a Kong was very interesting. Um, you know, I do think that you're, you're probably right. We'd probably see him and Reed sort of just match up and play 24, 25 minutes together. Um, and that could definitely change some things for the rest of the rotation. But, um, Bogdanovich is also a guy that I think is pretty interesting here at 6k. Uh, again, another guy who's going to come off the bench and, you know, not play a ton of minutes. So you need some efficiency, uh, but he's a tournament play that I think is very interesting. He's got 14 plus, uh, shots in his last six games, I think. So uh, he's definitely, even though he's coming off the bench, he's chucking. So Bogdanovich, I think, makes a lot of sense here as well. Yeah, and if if Capella does end up sitting, I think Bogdanovich potentially grabs a few extra minutes. Because, I mean, Sadiq Bey is already playing a bunch of minutes. Jalen Johnson's already playing a bunch of minutes. So, like, if this game, if this game does go smaller, I, I expect Bogdanovich to be, like, the guy closing out, you know, the halves and getting the extra, like, three or four minutes. So... Um, I, I think I'd still take shots on a Kongwu if Capella sits because he is a good point per minute producer. He's someone that can get blocks and steals on top of rebounding and scoring easy buckets. So um, even if I do think the game's going to go kind of small, I, I think a Kongwu is someone I want to take shots on. All right, we got OKC at Miami, 234 total in this game. Thunder, four-point favorites on the Thunder side. Everyone's good to go. And then on the Miami side, Butler's out. Lowry's doubtful. Martin's doubtful. We'll talk about Miami in a second, but let's start here with the Thunder. Uh, just a, a young team that's kind of rolling here. Um, but the pricing is kind of caught up. It's a tough matchup. Even Josh Giddy, who's had some good games, like he's now up to 6,200, not in that like $5,500 range anymore. Uh, anything jumping off the page to you here for the Thunder? I don't think anything's like, you know, super popping out to where it's a slam dunk play, but I do like SGA in this spot just because I, I think naturally people are going to look at, you know, the overall um, overall season stats of Miami and they're going to see, okay, pretty good defense. But with with Butler being out and even with Martin being out, you know, that's, you know, it's a lot of defensive kind of prowess there that's going to be out. Uh, and even Kyle Lowry, if he's also out. So um, there's a couple of guys who I think are just going to really sort of hurt um Miami's defensive ability and I don't think people necessarily count for that as much in NBA when when players are out so um I don't mind SGA here at 10-5 you know he's in that Tatum price range I, I would prefer SGA over Tatum in this spot um so SGA I, I, again it's going to depend on ownership projection if I had to guess I would say he's not going to be all that popular just because of who we've sort of some guys that we've talked about on the slate already and I wouldn't be surprised if this is a slate where some balance builds sort of end up being pretty popular but um, yeah, SGA is a guy that I think has quite the ceiling here in this spot, and I'm hoping that it's one that maybe goes overlooked just because of you know people looking at Miami's season-long stats. But um, 
Outside of that, I think Giddy's fine at 6'2". He has sort of gotten seen that price come up, but he's been more productive. He's been more aggressive offensively, too. That's the thing. You know, He's not only shooting more, but just his ability to sort of facilitate. And the big thing that's been frustrating with Giddy is when SGA's off the floor and he's playing without SGA, it seemed like he wasn't you know taking in any any more of the offense, right? But now it seems, at least from you know uh, from my perspective, it seems like he's being more aggressive when SGA's off the floor, and that's what you need out of uh, out of Giddy and Jalen Williams there. So um, I would say SGA and Giddy are the two guys I'm looking at the most. They are probably not playing a ton of Jalen Williams or Holmgren though, just because of price. Chet's fine, but probably won't be playing any uh, Jalen Williams here. Chet could get in foul trouble in this spot against Bam. I mean, I think Definitely. that's our biggest worry for him. I'm with you on SGA, though. Like, if I'm going to roll the dice on somebody, I, I think this would be a spot I'd roll the dice on, like, an SGA. Because low ownership, price tag's kind of high, and he's someone that is capable of 70-plus yep. on any slate against anybody. All right, uh, Miami side of this game, no Butler. Sounds like Lowry and Martin will miss as well. I mean, I hope Bam goes overlooked today. Oklahoma City is like one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA, and it's not talked about enough. Like, I could see Bam having like a 15-25 game, and then if he's able to add a couple assists, blocks, or steals here, I think he could smash 8,800 um, quietly. I don't think he's going to be a guy that gets a ton of ownership. He's not typically a guy that gets a ton of ownership. I mean, Tyler Hero is going to get a lot of shots up in this game. I mean, I, I think we'll end up projecting him for 20-plus shots. Um, and then after that, it's just like a mix of guys. Like, you have to hit the right one on the right night. Um, we'll see, like, Kevin Love play minutes. We'll see Duncan Robinson play minutes. Uh, they use Jovich every once in a while, Josh Richardson. Like, I, I mean, you could throw all these guys into a player pool and use a little bit of each of them because it really just kind of depends on who's going to get the run and who's shooting well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, last game we saw Lowry place about 16 minutes and obviously, you know, got, got banged up, so didn't finish the game. But um, those 16 minutes are probably going to get sort of, you know, I guess extrapolated between guys like Richardson, Duncan Robinson, uh, Nikola Jovic, Haywood Highsmith. I think Hero's going to play a lot of point guard here. Hero and Bam are just going to have massive usage rates in this spot just because just the natural ball handles, even uh, Hawkins as well. Hawkins, I think, is going to be a really interesting tournament play just because he's kind of at a price now where I think people might naturally overlook him there. But he played 38 minutes last game. And if the game's close the whole way through, it's sort of hard to see a spot where that isn't the case again here just because they don't really have a ton of uh, options. But uh, he's been pretty bad the last two games. So I think the ownership will be down on him. Um, so Hawkins, I think, is interesting. Bam and, and Hero, like you mentioned, those are really strong plays. And then I, I couldn't agree more with sort of having guys like Richardson, Robinson, Highsmith, and Jovich, and even Love in sort of a player pool and like sort of maybe saying max one or two of those guys. Um, I think my favorite of the of the bunch would probably be Jovich if he's going to be lower owned because he's he, he was extremely productive without necessarily needing to score there. Robinson, Love, Josh Richardson, all these guys they need to score in order to, you know, have so solid DFS performances, especially Duncan Robinson. Um, but Jovic, you know, he had eight rebounds, six assists in 21 minutes last game. So if he's going to play 24, 25 minutes and sort of have that production, I mean, not to say that he has triple-double upside, but he he filled up the stat sheet like he potentially could do, you know, potentially have a, a triple-double there if he got more minutes. So Jovic, I think, is really interesting. And then Richardson also is interesting because he closed last game. I don't think he'll start here. I, I guess he I guess he could potentially start. I think the most likely outcome is uh, Robinson starts. But Richardson, I think, could be a guy who 
uh, potentially doesn't start but closes so people don't necessarily account for how many minutes he's actually going to play when you're looking at uh, roster ownership there. So Richardson could be low owned as well. I know they've used like Hampton a little bit. I don't know if they'll end up like starting him or not, but um, I don't think you play RJ Hampton if he starts. I think you look at those guys that we talked about and like Kevin Love, man, if he could just get like a couple extra minutes and grab that like 10th board and get that double double bonus. um, He's 5,300 and when he's on the floor, he's shooting. So, and we know that Kevin Love is one of the better rebounders in the NBA. So, I mean, I don't hate this spot for Kevin Love, but you you know, going in that you're probably looking at 24, 25, 26 minute range for Kevin Love, maybe even less than that. So, you know, that that's the risk when you're talking Kevin Love is always the minutes. Houston at Chicago, 215 total in this game. The Bulls are a three and a half point favorite. Uh, looking at Houston first, Dylan Brooks, Eason, Oladipo all remain out. And then on the Chicago side, Levine's probable, Caruso's probable, Patrick Williams is probable. The only person that is out right now, typical player anyway, is Torrey Craig. Let's start here with Houston. What do we like here for the Rockets? Yeah, so Fred VanVleet was the guy that had the big game last time out, 32.7 rebounds, five assists. Uh, sorry, seven assists, five rebounds. And, you know, when you look at the numbers with Tari Eason and Dylan Brooks off the floor, Chen Goon's actually the one with the massive usage rate, 31% usage rate in about 270 minutes with those two guys out. That's a big number. Then the one that we've seen him have, he had a 40% usage rate two games ago against the Bucks there. Um, so Chen Goon's the guy that I'm looking at here. I like him quite a bit in this spot. He's 8-2. I think that price is, I would say, in a spot where he's not going to necessarily be, uh, you know, just slamming the lineups repeatedly. So I think he's a, a pretty strong play here. And then when you look at sort of how the Bulls have been doing against centers, it's been pretty average, probably a slightly above average matchup here for Shen Goon. So I would say Shen Goon, Van Vliet, having one of those two guys in lineups is pretty interesting. Um, and then Jalen Green at 6-2 as well. Um, again, he's another guy who you sort of need to go out there and score 25 DK points to feel like you're in or 25 real points to feel like you can have a ceiling there. Um, but he is somewhat interesting, I guess, if you want to maybe bank on him getting hot from, uh, from beyond the arc or just getting hot scoring. So, uh, Shen Goon's the guy that I have the most interest in for Houston though. Um, and the next, the last guy, I guess I would sort of want to point out just because he's been really productive when he gets the time it's Cam Whitmore. Um, I, I just think it's gonna be hard for us to project to, to see him for to get more minutes here. But you know, if you know there's a world where maybe someone else is somehow ruled out, or maybe for some reason we're projecting more minutes, he's been awesome when he's on the floor and he's been very productive. Uh, 1.25 fantasy point per minute with Brooks and, and Tarice and off the floor. That's tied for the best on this team with Shen Goon. So if he's able to get more time, again, I don't know if that's gonna be something that we're projecting or foreseeing here. But if that somehow occurs, Whitmore is a guy I definitely have uh, my eye on for future slates or maybe even for tomorrow. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. Um, Houston's still a really good defensive team. like, yeah. and, and I know Chicago is getting healthy, but Houston's such a great defensive team that it's hard for me not to, to like that Houston plus three and a half line. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Um, Chicago side, I mean, everyone's healthy. I mean, you know, now, like, Drummond becomes unplayable again. We saw Vooch get 30 minutes against Charlotte the other night. Like, now Drummond... 6,500, even getting 20 minutes at 6,500, I think I'll pass. Um, his price will eventually creep down. Vucevic eventually will get back to like a 35-minute roll. Um, Kobe White is going to see his usage kind of dip a little bit with Levine and, and DeRozan playing. You know, we saw Zach Levine who was like questionable, 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 and then 36 minutes. Um, anything here for the Bulls that stand out to you? Um. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that stands out to me is that, you know, even with the return of Levine and Vooch, Kobe White still has has had a pretty good usage rate. He's still been scoring pretty well, but it's not necessarily all efficiency. It's been some some good volume as well. So, um, you know, 19 field goal attempts in two of the last three. So, White, I still think is fine. Uh, he's definitely going to be a tournament play just because of the price. Uh, it, it would take a pretty, pretty strong scoring game for him to crush that price tag there, but uh, don't mind him there. Vooch seven three. It's a really cheap price tag, but um, no. To your point, it is a tough matchup here. Houston has been a little bit worse on the road. They've been a really, they've been one of the best home offenses or home defenses in the NBA, and they've been struggling a little bit more on the road. But regardless, uh, still a difficult matchup, and obviously Vooch sort of struggling to get the minutes coming back from the injury. But um, you know, he has had uh, you know only two games over the past like week or so. So maybe it's a spot where he's able to get a few more minutes there. Um, so Vooch, 7-3, don't mind him. But other than that, I'm really not overly enthused with any of these uh, these Bulls options. Yeah, I think I'm going to pass on Chicago for the time being until like the pricing kind of adjusts for everyone being back. Um, I mean, if anything, it would be Vooch. Like if it if yeah, it's anybody agreed. here, it'd be Vooch. Like you're hoping it gets that like three to five minute increase. And, you know, that's who I think you'd take shots on if you're going to play anybody for Chicago. All right, we finish out the slate with New Orleans at Golden State. Um, I thought this game was interesting. It's like in Golden State, but at 8.30 start on the East Coast. So very interesting like start time. 2.33 total. The Pelicans are a one-point favorite in this game. On the New Orleans side, Alvarado is questionable. Ryan remains out. Zion is questionable. Uh, Draymond is out still, returned to competition reconditioning, and we know Chris Paul is going to be out for a little while. Gary Payton out with the hamstring strain as well. Let's start here with New Orleans. Um, Zion matters. If he's in or out, definitely matters. Uh, what do we like here for New Orleans? Yeah, honestly, it's going to come down to that Zion news. If he's out, I, I think you have a you know a really good case to be made for all three of these studs, I guess, um, but particularly Brandon Ingram would like him quite a bit. McCollum's coming off of the big game there um, against the Kings, even though they won by 33 points uh, and he didn't play any of the fourth quarter. Um, he still had 51 DK points there, 30 points on the night. So McCollum obviously, you know, feeling pretty good right now, especially if uh, Zion is out there. So um, McCollum and Ingram would be the guys I have the most interest in if Zion is out, but there, there'll be a couple of value options as well. That makes some sense. Najee Marshall could potentially, you know, find his way into some more lineups. Dyson Daniels, he Dyson Daniels played a lot in the fourth quarter. Of, he played the entire fourth quarter, actually, last game. So might not mean a whole lot that we saw him play 29 minutes last game. Um, but he's all, always been, a, you know, a, a, not a great permanent producer, but a serviceable guy. So if he's able to you know, project for more minutes, he could make sense. Uh, and then Trey Murphy as well. 
um, those would be the value guys that pop out. But I don't think anything crazy. But um, if if uh, Zion's out, CJ and Ingram are the guys I'm looking at the most here. Yeah, and like we should mention that it's not a, a huge decrease for Valanciunas, but Valanciunas' minutes have kind of disappeared since Larry Nance Jr. has gotten healthy. Um, so I, I don't know how much Valanciunas we want to take shots on. I will say if Zion sits, Trey Murphy is going to be one of my favorite plays on the slate. Um, I already like Trey Murphy as a basketball player, and if he's going to get 30-plus minutes here, which I assume he would if Zion sits, I think this would be a spot we want to take some shots on him. Um, you could see a guy like Herb Jones get a few extra minutes, but he's not a huge fantasy point per minute producer. Um, so I think it'd be Trey Murphy for me. And obviously, like Brandon Ingram, you know, taking some shots on BI is not a bad option here. On the Golden State side, I mean, <laughs> I think this price for Podsy is really good. This guy is going to play a lot of minutes now with Chris Paul and Draymond off the floor. Um, he's going to have to play a lot of minutes. I think they're going to need like Jackson Davis, like size in this game. I want to play Kaminga, but I hate his potential rotations. And then like, I think there's better options than Steph um, just in general here. What are your thoughts when it comes to golden state? Yeah, Kaminga's got to be one of the more confusing guys to project minutes wise. Obviously, I think it was three games ago. He had the, the game, I think it was against the Pistons or maybe the game before the Pistons game where he didn't play in the last like 16 minutes of the game. And he, he was crushing. He was like plus yeah. eight or something. It was like, it made zero sense. Yeah, and he came, he came out and, so I don't know if he came out and said it, but there was a report saying that he you know didn't have faith in Oh, Kerr. he was, yeah, he was pissed. Yeah. We were all pissed day, too. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were uh, it was it the rebounds prop that we were tilting there. So, um, yeah, and then he came back the next game and he was plus 16 there. And I think he was, looked like their best player. I think that was against the Pistons. Uh, and then last game, he he actually closed the game, but that's not a good thing because there was a blowout where you know, they had you know Jerome Robinson and and guys who don't typically play closing the game. So it's definitely weird to see the Kaminga rotation there. Um, you know, he's been one of their best players this year, so I think that they should be getting him more minutes. So maybe it was just one of those things where you know he didn't he didn't start the fourth quarter, so they were like, all right, let's just let the young guy sort of finish out the game there. But um, it's definitely tough to feel overly confident in his minutes. You mentioned Pods, his minutes, they should be, you know, pretty solid. He played 30 minutes last game in a game where he didn't play the, the final seven minutes because of the blowout. So he seems to be in the same rotation as Steph right now, where they're playing a lot of minutes, uh, not necessarily on the court together, but they're playing the same amount of minutes. So, uh, which makes sense, you know, being there too, it might sound weird, but Pods is a key player right now in the rotation. So he's going to definitely benefit. Um, Steph, though, I think is is quietly going to benefit from, from Chris Paul being out here. And this is going to be a spot where he's just going to be forced to, they're going to go back to more of what they were doing last year. Obviously no Draymond. So they won't, they won't have that facilitator off the ball. Uh, if Steph's off the ball there with Draymond, but they're going to find ways to do, I think Kuminga could actually benefit from Paul and Draymond both being out as well. But when you look at Chris Paul off the floor this year, Steph Curry, his usage is at 31%. Um, so yeah, I think Steph's a very interesting play here. Uh, the matchup is also pretty good against shooters here. Uh, I think it's yeah 21st in terms of threes allowed there for um, for the Pelicans. So good matchup there for Steph and for shooters. So Steph, Pods, and, and Kaminga I think are all pretty interesting plays. And Kaminga is going to be a guy who I think people might be frustrated with, so his ownership is going to be down. But I think he could really benefit from both Paul and Draymond being out. Yeah, so they had some weird rotations in that Toronto game. They ended up starting like Jackson Davis, Kaminga, Clay, Curry, Wiggins. Wiggins had a terrible game and they 
the second half, they started Sarge over Kaminga, and they started Looney over Wiggins. Um, and, and like it was the second half. I guess Podsy ended up starting the second half too. So they got a lot rolling in that third quarter of that Toronto game. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see more of like a Sarge starting lineup type of thing here. Um, I, I don't know what we're going to expect with Steve Kerr's offense right now, just in general. Uh, it just seems like, man, like the Warriors seem like they're just having a down year. And if you look at the team, like it's a very young team outside of Clay and Steph. And obviously like Chris Paul's gone now too. So, I mean, I think tournament wise, you're taking shots on Kaminga and Jackson Davis, Steph, Podsy, but I think I'm 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 probably out right now on Andrew Wiggins, especially after seeing him play like a 17 minute awful like one shot made like type of game, and he just hasn't been that like stud for years now. Yeah, it's been brutal. Yeah, it really has. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we will get out of here. Uh, we'll use D- DraftKings pricing and scoring as always. Favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who do you like today? Yeah, a couple of options. Um, but I'm actually going to go with a really a really contrarian one here. I'm going to go with Mo Bamba. I, I know we, we talked about potential scenarios where he isn't able to get there. Um, and there's a couple other guys. I think Jovic is probably my my safer pick if I was going to take him. Uh, take one, Nikola Jovic. So I, I'll kind of... Uh, give myself a bit of a cop out here but if Bamba's able to get 20 20 plus minutes here i think he absolutely crushes he's been fantastic on a permanent basis with him beat off the floor the matchup has been good uh for uh Bamba here as well against the hawks so um yeah if he's able to maybe in a world where reed gets into foul trouble um if he's able to play 20 plus minutes i think Bamba crushes here so i'll go with mo Bamba. that's great you because you you mentioned my guy and i was like you know just continue your mo Bamba take all right <laughs> Uh, but yeah, my my guy is Nikola Jovic. Um, and Miami's going to be a little bit more shorthanded now. Like they're dealing with more injuries. So I want to see this guy get like a 25 to 30 minute game. We already talked about like how bad the Thunder are rebounding. So like more rebounding opportunities here. Obviously, he's a guy that can score. He can assist. He can block. He can steal. can fill up the stat sheet at 4,700. And that's what you're looking for, for those like 7X type of plays. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? Yeah, there's a, a couple guys that I sort of uh, am worried about here in the spot, but I'm going to go with Miles Bridges, even though it's a it's a good matchup. Um, he, honestly, there's just a couple guys who I, I think are just really strong plays in this range, but um, it, so it's more so just trying to avoid better options. And um, so I'll go Miles Bridges here in the spot. I'm going to go Jalen Brown. I think if I'm going to pay up for a Celtic, it's going to be Tatum. Um, tough matchup against Minnesota. Tough just overall game for both teams here. Uh, you could easily say Anthony Edwards. If I knew Anthony Edwards was going to try to play and he wasn't like hurt, he would probably be my pick here. Um, I know I, he was my pick yesterday, but I kind of copped out on that one. He got hurt, and we don't want to see players get hurt. And like Anthony Edwards is definitely someone I don't want to see get hurt, get hurt. I think he's one of our future superstars. Uh, favorite 6x play today who do you got yeah so um I'm, I'm probably gonna look a little bit more down the board here uh the first one that the first name that stands out to me is tj mcconnell here i i think the price is really nice for him i'm gonna go with jalen duran at 7-1 uh you know talked about him and the issues that he's been getting with Cade cunningham obviously 7k 7-1 on DraftKings. it's gonna take a big game for him there he got up to a really hot start 
in that game uh, tonight. So I, I think, again, if he's able to just you know potentially play more, obviously the, the matchup against the Spurs is a spot where we're not expecting him to get blown out or do any blowing out. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Darren here. Get off my guys. I love <laughs> TJ McConnell, man. I hate the $6,700 price tag when you're thinking about TJ McConnell, but I think he plays like 28-ish plus minutes in this spot. Yeah. His his production is just so high. His assist rate is so high with Halliburton off the floor. And like the Pacers have one of the highest assist rates in the NBA, like historic number, like type of assist rates in the NBA. So um like this spot here for uh, McConnell, even at this price tag. All right. Um, let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got for us today? Yeah, maybe I should have saved Mo Bamba for this one. I, um, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have done that. But uh, I'm going to go with ha- uh, Jaime Jaquez instead, 6,100. I think that'll be weird enough. I-, I think, again, there's just so many guys in this price range from 5'5 five, five to 6'5 that are just really strong plays. Jaquez is coming off of two games that he's sort of struggled in. Um, and again, with no Butler, seems like we're going to have no Martin and, and no Lowry as well, both doubtful. So Hawkins, I think, is going to benefit from that as well. And again, it's just tough to take him off the floor. Not, not that he's been playing great the past few games, but they just don't have a lot of guys, and he can do a lot of different things. So Hawkins, I think, looking at 38 minutes here in this spot. Um, so Hawkins is going to be my uh, my let's get weird GPP play of the day. I'm going to go to Jaden Ivey. He was around 14% owned on Tuesday's slate. He got a $500 price increase. Fantastic matchup against San Antonio. I hope that the price increase and people are just scared to go back to the well on him. Maybe he's chalkier than I think, but I think there's going to be chalkier plays, um, especially with like the Pacers situation with no Halliburton. So I'm going to go Jaden Ivey here. Back-to-back days, really like Jaden Ivey. Uh, Let's get to the betting portion. We are switching up the morning grind game. We're going to add two betting questions every day to the morning grind game moving forward. We'll do a player prop slash pick and play and a over under spread money line bet as well. So switching it up a little bit for everyone. And I've told all the co-hosts in our Slack channel that if they don't like something, don't recommend it. So only recommending something if we like it. Uh, let's start with the pick and play or player prop. What do you got for us today? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to the Detroit and Spurs game here. I think there's going to be a lot of production in this one. And I'm going to take Devin Vassell over 22 and a half points. Seems like a pretty big number, which I, I would agree that it is. But he's been producing pretty well. I, I think it was two games ago where he had 32 points. And I do think that he has 30-point upside here in this spot. Great matchup against the Pistons. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Vassell. And then, obviously, with Wemby still dealing with the minutes limit, uh, that's even more usage to go around when Wemby's off the floor. So, yeah, over 22 and a half. Uh, it's over on DraftKings. There you go. I am going to go to Miami and take Bam over 11 and a half rebounds. I already bet this as we were going through the podcast. Oklahoma City Thunder, they rank 29th in rebounding rate. Bam is one of the best rebounders. Ton of people out for Miami. He does not compete with anybody for rebounds. I think this is a great spot to get Bam over 11 and a half rebounds. He's hit this in three of the last six games, but I think this is a high probability spot for him with everybody out and then the matchup with the Thunder. So bam, over 11 and a half rebounds. It's everywhere. I already checked. So you can get this number pretty much in the 110 to 120 range. Uh, let's go to a money line over under or spread bet for us today. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Kings and Hornets game here. And I, I know the Kings are on the second half of a back-to-back, which is not ideal here, but I think this number is just still too low. Over 235. Uh, both teams, they like to run up and down the floor uh, and not play a ton of defense. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Kings-Hornets over 235. 
I like that. I that was actually one of the ones that I considered. So I'm with you on that one. Um, I'm going to go to Houston and say plus three and a half for Houston. I talked about this as we were going through the games, but <laughs> Houston's the better offensive team. They're the better defensive team, and they have the higher net rating uh, just overall. So I know they're on the road and they play worse on the road. But I think even with Chicago back at full strength, Houston's the better team, and we're getting three and a half points here. So my spread bet here is Houston plus three and a half. Uh, Kyle, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I think I'm all set. I think it's going to be a pretty good slate. Um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can potentially have more slates like this in, in the future, where there's the eight games and then they leave the night games off. I've hated when it's been like a four game slate and they leave the night games off. So this one. This is a good slate. I think it's going to be one that uh, we'll have fun on. Yeah, on Tuesday they had the five-game slate and they left the the ten o'clock game. And now yeah. I'm sitting here going, "All right, I got. I, I'm going to bed. I'm <laughs> not even. I'm not even waiting up to see what happens in those games. Um, I just want to go to sleep. So yeah. hope everyone has a fantastic Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking football. We're going to talk playoff football. There's only I think like a three or four game NBA slate, so we're going to skip NBA on Thursday and go football. Um, so come hang out with us for that and, um, have a great night in NBA on Wednesday. We'll see you again on Thursday.